Thank you for being here. I am excited to continue our study through Psalm chapter 23. If you're here last week, we walked through the second or the, the first verse of Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd, I have what I need. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. We talked about how the Lord, our shepherd, provides for us everything that we need in this life, physically and spiritually. And really, that's no problem for him at all. The Lord is not short on resource. There's nothing that is too hard, nothing outside of his reach. He does not struggle to get by, and he does not struggle to meet anything that we need. He has unlimited resource. But unfortunately, so often, each one of us at times, they, we walk away from the, the leadership and the direction of our shepherd. We don't always go the places he tells us to go to say the things he tells us to say. And we end up, as a result, sometimes in a, in a mess of our own making, and we have things that, in our lives that are not good for us, and we lack the things that we need, and we find that when we walk away from the shepherd, we don't find the things that we need. It's only when we follow our good shepherd that we are able to have everything that we need. And we talked about how the Lord does not promise to meet all of our greed just because we want something or we think we need something. That doesn't mean that he will provide it for us. But we know that he will meet every single one of our needs. And we must learn to trust our shepherd and to walk with him and trust that he knows best for us. Even in those moments where he's silent, even in those moments where it feels like he's not doing the thing that we want him to do or that we think he should do or the thing that we would do if we were him. But in those moments, we must continue to trust and know that he is God and thankfully we are not. And that is an opportunity for us to trust him and to continue to follow him with everything that we have. Tonight we're going to be looking at verses 2 and 3 of chapter 23 of Psalms. Well, let's read this together. The Lord is my shepherd. I have what I need. Verse 2, he lets me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He renews my life. He leads me along the right path for his name's sake. And even when I go through the darkest valley, I fear no danger. For you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Only goodness and only faithful love will pursue me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord as long as I live. Tonight we're going to be looking at the rest that the shepherd provides for each and every one of us. Now unfortunately not all of us experience that rest. But what we'll see tonight is that that is not because it is not offered to us. And it is not the Lord's fault. The Lord has rest for each and every one of us. And while that includes physical sleep, it is much deeper and much more important than just the sleep that we get at night. This is a rest that is part of every part of our lives and affects every part of who we are. It is a much deeper rest than just the sleep you get at night. See, the Lord provides rest for every single one of his sheep, but the problem is that we often don't take it. See, he offers it to us, but sometimes we think that we don't have enough time to, to slow down and experience the rest that he provides for us. Or we think maybe we're, we're too important and there's too much that we need to do or there's just too much on our place and we don't have time to slow down in this world. But the fact is, is that the Lord offers each and every one of us rest. 
But when we look at the example of Jesus, we often think we're too busy. But what did Jesus do? Jesus took time. Jesus was very busy. Jesus, more so than anybody in this room, had people trying to get to him and were asking for his time constantly. But even then, Jesus took time to retreat, to pull away, and to rest. He would rest and he would refresh and he would receive instruction from the Lord and be ready so that he would know exactly what the Father would have him to do. The Bible says in Luke 5, 15, and 16, but the news about Jesus spread even more. And large crowds would come together to hear him and to be healed of their sicknesses. He constantly had people approaching him from every side and, and pulling on him and asking for him to do things. And, and what Jesus had to do, if you would agree, he had the most important mission and the most important job that this world has ever known. And he could have easily looked and said, I can't rest, I can't do this, because look how many people. You see, every time Jesus would rest, he would pull away from the people. And he would, some would say, miss an opportunity to minister to more people. And so a lot of times in life when we're in that, we're We have so much to do. We're doing good things. We're doing ministry. We're serving the Lord. We feel like we have to keep going, keep going. But Jesus, verse 16 says, often withdrew to deserted places and he prayed. Jesus would take time away from the busyness of this world. And if Jesus thought that it was important enough to pull away, to restore, to rest, and to charge back up, how much more do we need to do it? Maybe you think you don't deserve it. Maybe you think that if you just keep pushing, you're going to be able to accomplish the things that you need to accomplish. Maybe you think that there's just so much to do that you would never have time to pull back and to rest. Jesus' disciples were not nearly as busy as Jesus was, but they were pretty up there in terms of their schedule and their busyness. Jesus would minister with them, and he would send them out to the, to the villages, and they would minister on behalf of the Lord. And one time after a busy season of ministry, listen to what Jesus would say to his disciples in Mark 6, 31. Jesus said to them, come away by yourselves to a remote place and rest for a while. For many people were coming and going and that they did not even have time to eat. See, Jesus' disciples were going at it constantly. There were, people were coming and going and there was ministry happening. People were being healed. People were getting saved. The gospel was being spread And they didn't have time to eat. They were so busy. But Jesus said, hey, you need to take some time. You need to go away by yourselves. You need to rest. You need to be restored. So what is the Lord saying to us tonight? What does the Lord want us to do? We see in Psalm 23, verse 2 and 3, the experience that David had with his shepherd. It says, he lets me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He renews my life. He leads me along the right path for his name's sake. See, I want to tell you tonight, that is not meant to just be an experience that David had many years ago. That is the experience that your shepherd wants for you to have today. We see that's what the shepherd provided, the Lord provided for David. And we see from the words of Jesus himself, we need to come aside by ourselves, remote place, get away and rest. It's an important thing. I want us to see three things from this text tonight about what the Lord has for us when it comes to rest. First thing I want us to see is that it's God that leads us to rest. God leads us to rest. He says, he lets me lie down in green pastures. 
He leads me beside quiet water. Notice the language here. It's not just that the Lord allows it every once in a while. It's not that in the midst of the busyness, he allows us to get some rest just so that we can jump back in. No, the Bible says here that he is one that allows it. He leads us beside quiet waters. See, the rest, the green pastures, the quiet waters is not just a detour from the destination. When you're following the Lord, the Bible says that rest is the destination. Resting in the Lord is not just a necessary evil that we have to do in order to be recharged, in order to get back out and do what the Lord has called us to do. Rest is part of the journey and part of the destination that the Lord has for every single one of us. Think about David. You know much about David's life and his, his kingship. He was constantly fighting battles and wars, and he rarely had rest on any side. He was constantly expanding the kingdom or fighting a, an enemy that was coming in and building this kingdom. He was the, the second king of Israel, but really the first one that really invested well in the, into the nation and, and really built it up. He had people coming to him from every side, some enemies, some friends, some people needing, some people wanting him to do things. But the Lord would take David and lead him into green pastures. He would lead him beside quiet waters. Why? To refresh him, to renew him, and to build him up to be able to accomplish what the Lord ultimately had for him. Now, I want you to take note that when we talk about rest, we're not just talking about sitting down and catching your breath. This is being truly in a place of rest and being able to actually rest. Now, I don't know about you, where you are, but I want you to, to remember this. If you don't remember anything else, you don't hear anything else tonight, I want you to hear this. Rest and peace are part of God's good plan for your life. Rest and peace are part of God's good plan for your life. It was his idea from the very beginning. This was not an afterthought. He designed us with rest in mind. It was never meant to elude any one of us. The thing is, though, this world is not interested in you resting the world around you is constantly pulling at you, and the world is constantly asking for more and more of you. More of you. And the reality is there's very few places and opportunities in this world that offer any kind of rest, let alone true rest. Now, I'm a person, I love technology. I love constantly having the latest gadgets and seeing what the technology is, and I'm a I'm a firm believer in, in the development of technology and seeing where it goes, and it excites me. I love my Apple Watch. I love my phone. I love my computer. I love my iPad. I love every direction that I look. I have some type of device that's helping me do what I'm trying to do. But the reality is, is that this technology is often so damaging to our lives. You see, because even when I go home at the end of the day and I'm, quote, resting, what do I have? A lot of times I'll have a phone in my hand, and even though I'm resting, I have access to the entire world, and more importantly, the entire world has access to me in that moment. See, just because I'm home and, and off the clock and I'm not at work doesn't mean that I'm resting. Technology is constantly asking more of us and trying to pull us in. And like I said, I don't think technology is evil or wrong in any way when used properly. But technology and these comforts and these conveniences that we have in our life are so often draining us of the rest and the peace that the Lord has for each and every one of us. So often I'll, 
I'll just find myself mindlessly scrolling on social media and looking at pictures of people that I don't even actually know who these people are in real life, and I'm not sure how I became friends with them on Facebook in the first place. I'll have to ask my wife sometimes who this person is, and she'll remind me and who my friends are. And, and meanwhile, I'm looking at this and not even knowing who this person is, but I'm allowing them to suck up all this time and energy and focus in my life. It's so easy. Each one of us do it. We get sucked into the TV show or to whatever it is, and it's so easy for us to have our attention and our rest just pulled away. So technology is a great convenience. I'm grateful for it. I'm grateful to be able to call my wife whenever I need to or be able to check in with my kids. But at the end of the day, rest and peace do not come through technology. It's supposed to save us time, but we sure seem to spend more and more time on it. Any time that we save is spent with it. What about politics? Is that going to give us peace and rest in this world? You excited for another election year? Looking for the next 10 months of whatever we're about to experience? Now, don't get me wrong. I actually love politics. I think if the Lord had not called me into ministry, I would have loved to have gone into politics. I know that probably does not expand and heighten your view of who I am, but that is something that I really, I really do enjoy. I love the idea of working with people and, and, and navigating things and seeing forward progress and change. Not that politics represents any of that anymore. But I love politics. I love following presidential campaigns. I watch every debate I can. I watch everything I can because I love to know what the issues are. I love to know where people stand. But the thing is, I rarely walk away from any type of political news article or debate and feel any kind of strength or rest absolutely whatsoever. The thing is, we've stopped talking to each other, and what do we do? We yell at people, and our goal is just to make the other person angry enough to get up and vote for us. See, the, the politics today, it has nothing to do with trying to help us. It's time to help the cause of the party or whatever it is. And while I'm interested in it and I like to follow it, I don't find my rest in politics. I don't find my rest in the current events of the world and in the news. You look and there's always a new war that's starting and some issue that's happening across the world. And even though it's nowhere near me and I think it's important to stay up to date on it, it's sucking away my rest and my peace and my thoughts are constantly in these things that I have no control over and will actually never affect me in my life if it weren't for the fact that I'm spending all of my time focused on it. What about church? Is that where we find our rest? Now, you are at a busy, busy church. This is a church that likes to do a lot of things, and it's a great thing because we have opportunities to reach and minister to a lot of people. But if you find your fulfillment in Bellevue Baptist Church, you will be left dry and empty every single time. Not just church. When you look at what do people focus on, their religion. So whether it be Christianity or whether it be any other religion in the world, when people focus on the religion Religion has a tendency to, th to throw weight on your back and to place undue burden on each every, and every one of us. You see, religion tells us that we're not good enough and the truth is that you never will be. Religion tells you that you need to work harder and longer and that you need to push and you need to do more. But what did Jesus say about religion? He says in Matthew 23, 2 and following, he says the scribes and the Pharisees, he's talking about the religious leaders of the time, the religious leaders are seated in the chair of Moses, the seat of authority. These religious leaders are in the seat. They are the religious leaders of the day. And Jesus says, therefore, you need to do what they tell you to do. And they need, you need to observe it. These are people in authority over you. 
and they, they know the, the word of God and they know what the Bible says and the things that they're telling you for the most part, they're, they're good. You need to listen and observe, but don't do what they do because they do not practice what they teach. You see, they tie up heavy loads that are hard to carry and they put them on people's shoulders, but they themselves are not willing to lift a finger to move it. That's religion. If you just focus on religion and trying to do what is right and focus on pleasing God and just trying to do it in your own strength, it is a burden on your back. And religion will not do a single thing to help relieve that burden. So where are we meant to find rest in our life? It eludes us so often, but where is it? I want to tell you that the only true place that you will ever find rest is in your shepherd, Jesus Christ. Jesus offers us true rest. Listen to his words, Matthew eleven twenty eight 28 through 30. Come to me, all of you who are heavy and burdened, and I will give you rest. Do you feel that heavy burden? Do you have that weight that you carry around all the time that prevents you from experiencing that peace and that rest? Have things in your life that are preventing you from experiencing those green pastures and those quiet, still waters, Jesus says, come to me. I will give you rest. Jesus goes on to say, take my yoke upon you. What's the yoke? It's what the oxen would, would, what, what they would put on the oxen in order to pull the weight. Jesus is saying, hey, yoke up with me. I will help you carry this burden. Take up my yoke upon you and learn from me because I am lowly and humble in heart. You will find rest for your souls. That's something that eludes so many of us. I don't know how many people would say that they have experienced or continually experienced true rest for their souls. We try to find it in so many places, but it is only found in Jesus. He goes on to say, you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke, it's easy. My burden, it's light. The burden of religion, the burden of the religious leaders of his day, it was heavy and they were putting it on your shoulders. But my burden, Jesus would say, it is Easy and light. So are you weary tonight? I know I often am. Are you burdened? Jesus says, come to me and I will give you rest. God leads you to rest. It's his idea. He's not, it's not the lazy way out. It's not an excuse. It is where the Lord wants you to be. Do you feel a burden on your back? Are you carrying a weight that is too much for you to bear? Jesus says, hey, my burden, it's light. I'll trade you. Give it to the Lord. The Lord leads us to rest. The question is, are we following him? See, when we find ourselves in a place where we do not experience that rest and that peace in our soul, not just physical sleep, that's part of it, but not just that physical sleep, but that deep rest in your soul and your spirit. If we consistently find that we do not have that in our lives, we need to examine if we are following the shepherd the way that we think we are, because that's where he leads. That is the path that he takes us on. We sang these words tonight, O soul, are you weary and troubled? No light in the darkness you see. There is light for a look at the Savior, and life abundant and free. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face. The things of earth, 
the problems, the struggles, the burdens, the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. Don't misunderstand me. Rest is not the only thing that we are called to in the Christian life. The Christian life, Jesus would say, is a call to pick up our cross and to follow Jesus and to ultimately is a call to die to ourselves. There is hardship, there is burden that we experience in this life, but we were never meant to experience it on our own. And when we experience the burdens of this world and we come up with Jesus, he will yoke up with us. He will help us to experience rest, even in the midst midst of suffering and hardship in this world. Listen to what Proverbs speaks of, God's plan for your life. When you lie down, you will not be afraid. When you lie down, your sleep will be pleasant or sweet. Now, once again, I'm not saying that if you're having trouble sleeping that you're not necessarily following the Lord, but it's part of it. See, the Bible says that God's plan for you is good physical sleep, absolutely. But it goes deeper than that. It is a rest and peace of your soul. And God leads you there. You see, it's not just the Lord's plan for David thousands of years ago. That is his plan for each and every one of us. He wants to lead us into green pastures and to let us lie down beside quiet, pleasant, still, peaceful waters. Now, why does the Lord want us to do that? I want us to see, secondly, because rest renews us. Rest renews us. He goes on to say in verse 3, he renews my life. Many translations would say he restores my soul. He builds back what's been broken. He makes it like new. I like to do construction projects at my house and Sometimes when something is, is broken or needs repair, I don't like to pay somebody to do it. And so I try to do it myself and I'll rip the sheetrock off and, and I'll put the new sheetrock up and then I'll mud it. And now my wife makes me call somebody to put sheetrock up and to mud it because it doesn't look like new when I do it. It's cheaper when I do it, but it doesn't look like new. See, in the same way, the Lord, when things are broken up, the Lord is the expert builder. He knows how to take care of us and put things back the way they are supposed to do, and the rest that he provides for us renews us and allows us to become like we were supposed to be. See, that is exactly the purpose that the rest has for in our life. And why is it? Because true rest, like we talked about, is part of God's plan for our life. It's not an afterthought. It was not anything that came to us after the fall. It wasn't that sin came into the world and we became broken and suddenly we needed rest In the same way, a lot of times we think that work came as a result of the fall, but the reality is before sin even entered the world, Adam was charged with tending the Garden of Eden and working in it and and working with the ground and the trees and the fruit. It was the, the toil and the thorn and the pain of work that came after the fall. But rest, that was not a plan that came after the fall. That was not a result of the fall. Prior to the fall, prior to sin and Breaking down who we are, rest was part of who God created us to be. In fact, he modeled it at the very beginning. We see in Genesis 2, 1 through 3, in the story of creation, that the heavens and the earth and everything in them were completed. And on the seventh day, God had completed his work that he had done. And he rested on the seventh day from all the work that he'd done. 
God blessed the seventh day. He declared it holy, for on it he rested from all the work of his creation. Now, why do you think God rested at the end of creation? Was he tired? No, not at all. God has never needed to take a nap, unlike most of us here. The Bible says in Psalm 121, verse 4, Indeed, the protector of Israel, the, man who, the one who watches over Israel, he does not slumber and he does not sleep. He never gets tired. Now, a lot of times on Wednesday nights, Sam's over there taking a nap, but I know none of the rest of you are. I'm kidding. But the Lord never needs to stop and to take a nap. He never needs to rest in terms of being tired. But even in the midst of creation, he chose to take that seventh day and to model it as a day of rest. Now, so often we view rest and and pausing and retreating as a sign of weakness. I didn't have the strength I needed. I wasn't strong enough. But the Lord says, hey, on the seventh day, we're going to rest and we're going to do it because that is part of his good design and his plan. See, when we avoid rest, we're not doing anything impressive to the Lord. We're not doing anything that makes us look strong or better than we actually are. The reality is that when we avoid rest and we don't pursue it and we don't experience it, we are walking in a path that the Lord never intended for any one of us. The Bible says in Psalm 46.10, the Lord said, Stop fighting. Be still. Cease your striving. Be still and know, stop fighting and know that I am God. I am exalted among the nations. I am exalted on the earth. You are not meant to just be going all the time. The Lord wants you to stop and to rest and just be still and know who he is. That's his design. We sang this song, It Is Well. Sam told you the story behind it, this man who was experiencing grief unlike any of us could probably imagine in that moment, having lost most of his entire family in that spot. He's processing it. He's on the boat. He wrote these words, When peace like a river attendeth my way. I don't know about you, but my first line of that song probably wouldn't have spoken of peace in that moment. I would have started here when sorrows like sea billows roll. Whatever my lot, whatever I'm going through, whatever I experience, you, O Lord, you have taught me to say, it is well. It is well with my soul. See, that's the type of peace and rest that we are meant to experience as believers and followers of Jesus Christ. That is the type of peace and rest that the Lord designed each and every one of us to experience. If we were created for rest and we need rest and it's so good for us, then why do we so often neglect it? You know, it's so important that the Lord included rest, Sabbath, in the Ten Commandments. But if you pay attention, it's really the only of the Ten Commandments that people so often brag about breaking about how hard we push and how much we did and how long it's been since we've taken a break and we take such pride in this. But the Lord said, no, you need rest. Take the time, not just to sleep and to rest, but to rest in the Lord. Be still and to know that he is God. The psalmist would say in Psalm 127, unless the Lord builds a house, its builders labor over it in vain. Unless the Lord watches over a city, the watchman stays alert in vain. Now listen to this. In vain, you get up early. I like that verse. 
In vain you get up early and you stay up late, working hard to have enough food. Yes, he gives sleep to the ones he loves. Did you notice what's said there? You aren't the one that actually does anything. You cannot accomplish anything apart from the help of the Lord. Are you building a house? Are you trying to establish something? If the Lord's not in it, it's never going to stand. Are you watching over the city and guarding and making sure the enemy does not come? He'll sneak up every time behind you. You see, if the Lord is not protecting, if the Lord is not building, it is done in vain. But we strive for success. We strive for all these things in life. We think that if we can only get the promotion, if we can only get that money, if we can only do whatever it is, have this relationship, whatever it is that we're seeking after, if we can have that, then I will experience the peace that I'm looking for. And the Lord says, come back to me. Let me lead you into the green pastures. So what does this look like for us in 2024? There's not that many green pastures in Memphis and that many physical streams. I don't want to hang around the Mississippi River. I don't know about you. But what does peace look like for us in 2024? The Bible says in Philippians 4, 6, and 7, don't worry about anything. But in everything, through prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your heart and guard your mind in Christ Jesus. Don't worry about anything except for that thing that we all want to worry about. Don't worry about that. We have to take it and give it to the Lord. See, there's always an exception in our mind of, yeah, I know that, but he says, don't worry about anything. Give it to the Lord. In prayer, present your request to God and then leave it there. And the Bible says that a peace of God, God's peace, not just peace from God, the peace of God, God's peace, which surpasses all understanding. Like the guy that was on the boat that had lost his family, a peace that he did not understand that moment came over him that enabled him to process and walk through that day of grief. The peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, it will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. Stop fighting. Trust that the Lord will take care of you. Don't worry about anything, anything. He is Lord over all. And when we give it to him, he will take care of us. Years ago, I heard our pastor, Brother Steve, say this and it stuck with me. He talked about the, how so many of us are fighting and constantly pushing to try to accomplish things and we're busy and doing this and that and this. He said, sometimes the most spiritual thing that you can do is go home and take a nap. See, the Lord did not create us for this constant rat race of going and fighting and pushing. He designed us for rest because rest renews us. You will never have the strength to do what the Lord has called you to do in this life if you do not rest in the Lord. Physically, yes, rest in the Lord, but then also spiritually, rest in the Lord. Being still, knowing that he is God. So we see that God leads us to rest and that rest renews us. Third thing we'll close on is this, that God's leading results in his glory. God's leading results in his glory. He says, he leads me along the right path. Why? For his name's sake. 
Now, I'm going to be very quick with this point. I'm not going to belabor it because, one, I don't think, mainly, I don't think you need it. It's pretty simple. Are you ready for this? Here's what he means by this. It's not about you. You are not the main character. You are not the star of this show. When the Lord leads you and he gives you rest, he's not saying, oh, look how important Noah is. Look how important this person is. They need rest. They need attention. They deserve this. See, the rest has absolutely nothing to do with us. The rest has everything, and the way the Lord leads us has everything to do with his glory. With all due respect, it is not about you. It's not about me. Another thing I've heard Brother Steve say over the years, I've heard him say it many times, one of the things that I love most about him, he says, hey, I'm not a big deal, and neither are you. And it's true. So often we think that we look at Brother Steve and we think, oh, he's the pastor of, of a, a great church like Bellevue, and we look at these people and we think, oh, how important. He says, I'm not a big deal, and neither are you. None of us are big deals when we look at Jesus. When we turn our eyes to Jesus and look full in his wonderful face, everything in this world dims away, grows dim, in light of who he is. The Bible says in Psalm 115:1, Not to us, O Lord, not to us, but to your name alone. Give glory because of your faithful love, because of your truth. See, the reality is, is that we can't handle God's glory, and we were never meant to. We must refuse it every time we come close to it. It is not meant for us. We are like the moon. The moon does not have light of its own. It reflects the light of the sun. And that's what we're meant to be in this life. We are reflections of the glory of God. But so often we walk away from our shepherd's leadership, away from the Lord's leadership, and we think we have to pursue something on our own. And when we do that, what is it? It's, it's arrogance. It's, it's us thinking that we know the better way. Yes, the Lord wants me to rest, but if I just push this much further, the Lord wants me to spend time in his word and praying with him, but if I just get to work a little earlier, if I just do this, if I, whatever it is, we think we know our own way and we end up fighting for our own glory. But the Bible says not to us. We cannot handle the glory. Quoted this verse several times. We looked at it earlier. Stop fighting and know that I am God. See, the fact that most of us do not experience the peace and rest in our lives like we so often love and strive for and would love to see happen in our lives, it has nothing to do with the Lord's leadership in our life. It's us fighting. We're pushing back against the Lord's leadership. We are not following the shepherd the way that he calls us to follow him. Like Philippians says, not to worry about anything, but giving everything to the Lord in prayer and surrendering everything to him. See, the point of rest, the point of our Sabbath, the point of renewal is to point to the Lord. It's so that we can meditate on who he is. We can give him glory. We can worship him. And out of that experience with the Lord, he renews us and sends us back out to be able to do what he has called us to do. He does not need us one bit. We need him in every way. My kids, my two oldest uh, kids, my sons are in KWOW, the children's music program here at Bellevue on Wednesday nights. And every month they learn a new song. And if they are able to sing the song, they're able to get a reward, like a, some kind of bouncy ball or a fruit roll-up or something like that. And so it's very important that we learn these songs 
I love it because they're learning these truths and they're singing these truths. And what I also love about it is they're singing these truths in our home and I hear it and I'm reminded constantly of the truth of these songs that I've known all of my life. But I love seeing it being put in the hearts of my children's way. This month, the song that they're singing is, Lord, I need you. As I'm studying this passage and praying over this passage this week, at the same time, I'm constantly hearing my son sing, Lord, I come, I confess. Bowing here, I find my rest. Without you, I fall apart. You are the one that guides my heart. Lord, I need you. Oh, I need you. Every hour, I need you. You're my one defense, my righteousness. Oh God, how I need you. Oh, that that would be the cry of every one of our hearts. That we would follow the good leading of our shepherd and experience the rest and the peace that he has for each one of us. That we would walk not striving and fighting the wet Lord, but we would simply be still and know that he is God. That the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, would guard each one of our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. Let's pray together. Lord, we thank you for leading us. And Lord, we thank you that you lead us not for our own glory, not for our own selves and honor, but for your own name. Lord, may we follow your leading and live our lives in such a way that honors your name, does not point to ourselves at all or make us the point, the center of the story. Lord, as we walk in your way, Lord, I pray that you would give us that peace that you've promised. Lord, I pray that each person here tonight would experience your peace, your renewal, your rest in their lives. Lord, for those of us who are burdened, I pray that you would lift that burden, replace it with your burden that is easy and light. For those of us who are struggling with something, Lord, I pray that you would help us to cast that care upon you because you care for each one of us. And Father God, for those of us that just need good sleep, God, I pray that we would follow you and that when we lay down, our sleep would be sweet. We thank you for the rest you give us. Forgive us, Lord, for the times that we fight it. Forgive us for the times that we in vain get up early and stay up late and try to accomplish things on our own. Unless you build the city, unless you're doing the work, it's all in vain. We acknowledge that. So we submit ourselves tonight to your leadership, Lord. And Father God, if there is somebody here that has never experienced the true peace of Jesus through knowing him as their Lord and Savior, God, without your son, we have no hope of peace. So, Lord, if there's somebody here that has never experienced that peace, doesn't even know what I'm talking about, Lord, help them to not leave tonight without talking to me or to Sam or somebody here. God, I pray that you would draw each one of us to you and that tomorrow we would walk closer with you than we ever have and love you more tomorrow than we did today. We pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen.